And we're going to learn a little bit about the parsha of Toldot. In fact, it's interesting that the parsha of Toldot is got one theme in it. How a difficult family situation worked its way out. The difficult family situation, of course, is between the parents, Yitzhak and Rivka, and the children who were born to them, Yaakov and Esau. It was the thing start off, start off badly, they get worse, and they get to the point where Yaakov is endangered uh, by his brother, Asa. Asa threatens to kill his brother. And so he's forced at the end of this parasha to escape. And both of his parents, I mean, the reconciliation of the opinion of the parents takes place at the end of the, of the uh, parasha when everybody agrees, everybody meaning Yitzchak and Rivka, agree that Yaakov has to escape at least for a while until he can reorder things and come back to his home in Eretz Kenan. So let's start from the beginning. What was the difficulty at the very at the very beginning? The first pasuk first pasuk in the parasha Eile Toldot Yitzchak ben Abraham Abraham Olinet Yitzchak there was some kind of a a question of how you compare Yitzchak to Abraham. Why does it say in the parasha, Todot Yitzchak, and then Abraham Olinet Yitzchak? Seems superfluous. Pasukav, Vayhi Yitzchak ben Abraham Shana v'kachto et Rivka bat betuel aramim ipadan aram avot lavan arami lo lisha. So Yitzchak married Rivka. Married Rivka. Vayatar Yitzchak l'Hashem l'Nochach Yishto Vayatar Yitzchak He davened facing his wife Ki Akarahi They couldn't They had difficulty conceiving Had difficulty with children Vayatar lo Hashem Vataar Rivka Yishto So you see that this pregnancy and this childbirth was orchestrated by God. God was in, was in charge, so you would think that it would turn out to be perfect, as good as it might be, from the outset, organized by by God. It was some kind of a problem. The pregnancy was difficult. The the two embryos are running around inside the womb. Rivka said, What am I doing? Why do I need this? I'm in I'm in great pain and, and it caused me a lot of sorrow. What a blessing. It came time for her to give birth and she realized that she had twins, that she was carrying twins. Is carrying twins a wonderful thing?
Vayetzei Arishon Admoni Kuloka Deretzei Arvei Kurushim Oisav. The first one came out It was all the time of the pregnancy. I mean, Rivka was complaining. She's thinking that there was something wrong. Pasukav bet and Rashi by Yitrotsitsu. Yitrotsitsu means they were like running around. They were they were causing Rivka's pregnancy to be difficult. The Rashi says by Yitrotsitsu al korchecha amikra aze omer dosheni. Rashi says, what do you mean by Yitrotsitsu? Why why mention it? Why mention that they were moving around? Shesatam after all, the Torah doesn't tell us why this pregnancy, which was directed by HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in that pregnancy, Rivka was suffering from Vayidrotzitzu. Why was that? Satam Mayiritzitzazo. It didn't tell us why they were running around these two embryos. Vikatav imkain lavase anochi. And furthermore, she said, "Why do I need this? It was really something terrible." Rabotenu dashul ashon ritza. So Rashi says that uh, in the, the literature of Chazal, there's a drasha. Adrasha, I guess, means that it's not pshat. It's not the obvious meaning. But they said, the running, that they were running. How could an embryo run? So Rashi says, Kishaita overt al pitchei Torah. Pitchei Torah shall shame forever. Yaakov rats, um if her case, let's say, when she would pass by a yeshiva. Whenever she was walking around, Yaakov would run and try to leave, try to get out, try to go to the yeshiva. But he wasn't ready to give birth yet. But if he walked by a center of idolatry, Esav tried to get out. So you see, they're already in there in the womb, in spite of the fact that it's all organized by a Kodesh Baruch Hu, there's a difference, I mean, because it, it, it doesn't mean that the drusha is right or wrong, that's not the point, but the, the drusha tells us something that Chazal apparently knew about. And what they knew was that, the, that these two young men were essentially different they weren't just accidentally different. You know, people have wild times and young boys do things that are sometimes silly. But the hope is that they straighten themselves out. They say, no, but these, these boys are not going to change. They were that way in the womb. What a remarkable idea. What a remarkable I- I- idea. Okay, let's go back to the psukim. 
ואחרי כן פסוק כ"ו, ואחרי כן יצא אחי וידו אוחזת בעקב עשיו. וידו אוחזת בעקב עשיו. He's holding on to his heel. His heel, you see. The Rashi. ואחרי כן יצא אחיו וגומר. שמעתי מדרש אגדה, רש"י says, I heard this explanation given. מדרש אגדה, הדרשו לפי פשוטו, that he explained it in a straightforward manner. בדינה יא אוחז בו לעקבו, he was correctly holding on to his heel in order to prevent him from getting out. Yaakov notzar mitipa rishona veisav menashniyah, really the first drop of seminal fluid was, was the, what created Yaakov. And Esav menashniyah, and Esav was the second seven lamed, It's like a, a vial that, you know, put in two dots, put in two little stones. So the second, the one you put in first comes out second. Yaakov notzar mitipa rishona ve'esa min ha'shniya tzeyu lamed mishoferet shepia kitzara. Okay? נמצא עשיו הנוצר באחרונה יצא ראשון ויעקב שנוצר ראשון יצא אחרון ויעקב בא לעקב שיהיה ראשון ללידה כראשון ליצירה ויפתור את רחמה ויטול את הבכורה מן הדין He really deserved it. I mean, you can see that they, they're getting born. They're born. Rashi explains, you look at them coming out. Out comes Esau, and, and Yaakov is holding on to his heel. Now, that's like a little strange, even twins. I mean, you don't expect the second one to be born, to hold on to the ankle of the first one as though he's trying to stop him from getting out. But yes, that's exactly what happened. Who should have come out first? Yaakov, because he was created first. And Esau should have come out second because he was created second. So, so for me, for me, I say, what do I see? I see these two fellows really are at odds with each other. Not from childbirth, but from before childbirth. They were always <laughs> that way. So we have a description according to Rashi. I mean, it comes from Chazal, of course, according to Rashi, Yaakov was committed to... Yaakov was committed to learning Torah. And Esau was committed to... Avodah idolatry. Idolatry. So, so you could say... What really? What, what did the, why did God do this? What, why did they have to be twins? If they were both the same or on the same team or on the same side, okay. But they're not. They are not. 
Pasuk of Zion. Pasuk of Zion is serious. They grew. Esav was a hunter. He was out in the fields. I don't, I'm not sure. I, I think that's an improvement. When the Pasuk said by Yitzro Tzitzu, it said that Esav ran to idolatry. Now he's not running to idolatry. He's your dad's side. He said, that mean, uh, you know, the average Litvak would say that, you know, that's a simple, simple thing. Simple standard. Each your dad's side, each Zadan. And Yaakov, Ishtam, Yoshevo Halim. What's Ishtam? Right? Yoshevo Halim Tam. Rashi says, Eino Baki Bikol Elu. Ela Kiliboken Piv. He's not, he's not, he's not able to imitate Esav. He, Yaakov, can't imitate Esav. What is Tam, the word Tam? Somebody who is not anxious to be deceitful. Has no, has no deceit in it. You know, there are people like that. Even today you could find them. And then, Yoshev Ohalim, Yaakov Ishtam. Yoshev Ohalim, Yoshev Ohalim, Oloshel Shem, Oloshel Aver, he went to yeshiva, he got up every morning, Esau went out in the field to hunt, and Yaakov went to uh, to learn, like, it's still, uh, the description, not so terrible. I mean, you could have, a, if you have two children, and one of them is 100% into learning Torah, and the, the yeshiva, the other one is not, does other things. <clears throat> it's not so terrible. It's the way of the world. It's inconceivable to think that every single child is going to be the same in the Torah learning department. This doesn't make sense. Asa says, they have Yitzchak, but the last pasuk is the really the uh, difficult Let's say we understand what Kitsayed Befiv means. Let's say we understand it means Kitsayed Befiv means that he was a hunter. And, you know, he couldn't go to uh, to buy a hamburger in a hamburger place. But he would bring his father a hamburger, whatever he wanted. From maker to wearer, you know, he saw that cow or the, whatever animals they made hamburgers out of. He would go out and hunt it and kill it and 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 uh, cut it up. And they cook it. Rashi says, Kitsayed Befiv. What does that mean, Tzayed Befiv? He had Tzayed hunting in his mouth. There's something wrong with that, with that sentence. So if you look at the Rashi, it's at the bottom of the sheet. He he was uh, interested or he was involved that the hunting should produce befiv, that it should give him something to eat, something tangible. Befiv shall yitzchak. 
בפישל יזה בדרשו, בפיו של עשיו. כי ציד בפיו, ציד, he was a hunter with his mouth. היא עשיו. עשיו was a hunter with his mouth, right? שהיה צד אותו ומרמהו בדבריו. זה סרקפים. עשיו fooled יצחק. He did it by speaking. He did it by speaking. He fooled himself. So that pasuk, that pasuk, the last pasuk on the sheet, pasuk of Chet Vayelhav Yitzchak et Eisav Kitzayit Befiv. So here, you know, I mean, you have that famous question, you could say, well, what about Eisav, Yitzchak, I'm sorry, what about Yitzchak? Did he know what's going on? Did he know that Yaakov is the future? And he denied that, he ignored it, he overlooked it, and he said, I'm going with Esau. Seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. So what what was Yitzchak's position? What was Yitzchak's position? Now the secret of Yitzchak's position, I mean, after all, one could argue as the Abarbadel, other Mephoshim had argued that, after all, Yitzchak knew all along, you know, in the story about the, who's going to get the blessing, and Rivka thought that if Esau gets it, then, Yitz, then Yaakov won't get it, so she had to run to protect Yaakov, and the whole story uh, evolves, which is full, that story is also full of questions, but If I ask that question, did Yaakov know what was going on? Yitzchak. Did Yaakov and or Yitzchak know what was going on? So I have to say, I have to say that there's evidence to indicate that Yitzchak knew what was going on. He knew who the 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 the, the son his son who would become the inheritor of the mantle of Avram Avinu. He knew that that was Yaakov. But he felt, there's evidence to think, he felt that Achrayat's an obligation to Esau as well, who was also a child of his, unlike Ishmael, who was only a half of a child of Avram Avinu. And Avram Avinu, even though he didn't punish Ishmael, didn't feel strongly about him, but Yitzchak apparently felt strongly about Esau. Rivka was mistaken. She thought that Yitzchak preferred Esau, whereas the truth is that Yitzchak wanted to save Esau, and there's a big difference between the two. But all of this is clear, because after Yaakov steals the blessing that was going to go for for Esau. After Esau comes back and says, "Don't you have a blessing for me as well?" and and Yaakov and and Yitzchak does have a blessing for him, it gives him a blessing. And then Esau's hatred for Yaakov becomes overwhelming, and he threatens to kill him. Then uh, Yitzchak and Rivka decide together with 
Yaakov that he should leave the country and go back to her parents and uh, stay there until the heat lets up a little bit. It's not so dangerous for him. So they decided that together. As I said in the beginning, they were, they were the patrons of Yaakov together. They both knew and understood that Yaakov was the inheritor. But if you look at the end of the parasha, you'll see that Yaakov, Yaakov gives, uh, I'm sorry, Yitzchak gives Yaakov a blessing, the blessing of Avraham, which Yitzchak kept and didn't give out. He wasn't going to give it to Esau, and he didn't give it to Yaakov the first time around. Because that was the blessing that goes to the person who is known to all as the inheritor of the mantle of Avram Avinu. So again, with all that as background, I ask you, what does this pasuk mean? Pasuk Kavchet, the last pasuk in the in the sheet. What does it mean to love? Yitzchak et Kitsayid b'fiv, Kitsayid So, I just want you to uh, think about an idea, which I found in learning one of the Torot of Rav Nachman of Braslev. You know, if you've been to my shear in the past that I find things to like in the Torah of Rev Nachman uh, quite often, quite often. It hasn't made me into a brass lover, but uh, it's kept me learning the Torah of Rev Nachman of Ratzel for a long time. So here it is, right on the second, on the second side, the second, uh, Second source, Yeshnevinehavot, he says. There are two kinds of love. There are two kinds of love. <laughs> okay, you can think whatever you think. First, you have love, daytime love. As we quoted the Pasuk in Tehillim, Yomam. That is a chesed of the daytime. Yoma da azil in kulhu yomin. A day that goes along with all the days. Shebechol yom, and every day. Aine shebechol mida umida, every kind of human quality. Yesham ahava to. Shel Hashem Yitbarach, it includes the love and it was awareness of of God's support. Yesham Ahavato Shel Hashem Yitbarach in Yisrael. So Hashem Yitbarach was the the one who 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 gave us the pregnancy of Rivka and Yitzchak. It's it's Ahavato Shel Hashem Yitbarach. It's clear. I mean, usually it's there, but it's not clear. Here it's absolutely clear. And that's the 
it's like active. The love is really there. And there's another kind of ava, he says, which is potential. Potential means it hasn't been actualized yet. It hasn't actually been... So there's bekoach and bepoal. There's potential and actual. Hainu ava shaya ben Yisrael avim shevashamayim kodum abriyah. He says, he says, you know what that is? Potential ava. That's the love that took place or that was actually installed between God and Bnei Yisrael before the creation. In other words, everything that was created, including Am Yisrael was already kind of in some kind of mind of God in heaven. He says, That, that Yisrael was, was just an idea, but it was a real idea. It was an idea that God had. For example, there's an as love sha'av or hevet b'no. Right? Yitzchak loved Esav. Shekol adam yechol hasig zot ha'ava. Everybody can be, can partake in that kind of ava. V'hit kashrut v'ava sh'yesh ben ha'ben ben ha'av sh'adayin ha'ben b'moach ha'av kodem ha'toladah. The same, we can say the same thing about a, a father who's becoming a father, whose wife is pregnant. Right, when the when the father could only think about his his son, We can't get to that level of ava. Ki ein masigin achshav ki im bizman uvemidot. So there's two kinds of love, according to according to. Uh, oh, there, there I am. Uh, the two kinds of love. Is the love of a of a father for a son, a son for his father. That kind of love is based on something tangible, something that you you really want and you could get. Your children can get you the things that you missed out on. They can achieve more than you have achieved. You could they could be a source of pride. So Blackman says there must be some parallel to that ava, right, which is also Shirashirim and, and other and other sources uh, uh, described as the link between HaKadosh Baruch and Am Yisrael. All of that is true, but Rav Nachman says that that's created love. 
That's the love that exists since creation, which is dependent on, on, on the relationship. Did you do something to please God? Did you do something to make God angry? So the first one produces love. The love that you could imagine, as the Ramban says, that God needs what the world, the created world, can give give him. The sacrifices, for example, are the reach nichoach. Reach nichoach meaning some beautiful, some beautiful aspect of things, which can be described as love, the love that Rav Nachman of Bratzlav is talking about. But there's another, another kind of love. The love that transcends creation. It transcends reality, is what Rav Nachman is saying. It's something that goes beyond. And he said, you couldn't, God could not have created a world of love if there had not been a prior love in a world that God was part of. And so I look again at those psukim, with you, I would look at those psukim. Vayehav Yitzchak adesav ki tzayet befiv. What is ki tzayet befiv? And you see that the second part of the pasuk says Rivkao hevet et Yaakov. But it doesn't say why. It doesn't say why Rivkao hevet Yaakov. It says it says esav Yitzchak vayehav Yitzchak et esav ki tzayet befiv. What is ki tzayet befiv? It's something practical. It's something real. Of course you love your son because he brings you food to eat. You, you, you love your son if he takes care of things on your behalf. But that's the love that's talui bedavar. That's the kind of love that Yitzhak was exhibiting for Esau. Yitzhak was exhibiting for Esau. But the higher love the higher love, the love that existed before the creation of the world, that's found in the second part of the Pasuk, Rivka Ohevet et Yaakov. Yes, Yitzhak knew what the score was, but he had hoped to be able to raise Esau up through the love that he exhibited on his behalf. It's like he said, Esau, Come with me, Yitzchak said. Let me exhibit love on your behalf. Then you'll be able to come with us and be with us. Rivka and Yitzchak both knew that Yaakov was going to be the victor, no matter how hard Esau tried to destroy what they were building. But there's a difference. Yitzhak said, I know what the real story is, but I want to try, I want to try to bring Esav up to, to, through Ava, through the love, let him touch the upper limits of Ava. And Rivka knew 
that this effort would not be successful. And therefore the Pasuk says, because she knew that HaKadosh Baruch Hu also exhibited love for Yaakov and not for Esau. Okay. A thought.